You're listening to the Habitology Podcast with Melanie White and today's episode is called The Central Governor Theory. Last week I was reading an article on the ABC News site and they were talking about the stages of isolation and that we're about to enter the third stage of isolation right now. Where this comes from is a pile of studies that have been conducted into the mental health of people who live in Antarctica and who've been in other isolated areas or situations like people living in submarines and polar bunkers and all those sorts of things, astronauts, and they've worked out what happens when those people are in isolation. They've figured out that there are these stages. And apparently in the beginning when you're isolated, there's a period of anxiety and confusion and which we are now experiencing as the panic buying and the fear and the frustration. That's followed by a second phase that they call the honeymoon period, a stage where we settle into a routine that feels a bit novel and different. And they give the example of the fact that you might be reveling in the opportunity to work at home in your pyjamas and not battle the morning traffic and that that feels maybe good or a little bit special. I think we've all been there recently, rediscovering family connections and doing more things together and getting back into baking, all of that sort of stuff that makes us think, wow, this is kind of cool. And so this ABC News article says that we're entering the third quarter now, which they describe as the hollow-eyed stares, odd fixations and brooding resentment period. It's when time grows sludgy, day blurs into night and weekdays into weekends as we start to become lonely and feel more offended and a bit desperate. (laughs) And I kind of laughed at that description, but I can see how this is starting to happen to the people around me. And the psychological studies of extreme confinement show that this so-called third quarter phenomenon is where we may see a rise in emotional outbursts or aggression, rowdy behaviour and those sorts of things. And that's because we're anticipating the end of isolation, but it's not coming. We want it to finish, we're expecting it to finish, but we're lacking clarity and certainty around that. There's no isolation coming and we're frustrated. As the article rolled on, I could see the parallels between what's happening in isolation with a phenomenon that you might have heard of before, which is called the central governor theory. This was a phenomenon described in 1997 by Dr. Tim Noakes, who's an emeritus professor in the Division of Exercise Science and Sports Medicine at the University of Cape Town. I learned about this phenomenon a long time ago when I studied to be a personal trainer. And I think it's fascinating that this process is so relevant to us right now. The central governor theory does apply specifically to exercise, but as I've just said, I think it really applies now while we're in isolation because it's all about how our brains are working. And here's how it works. The premise of the model of the central governor theory is that your brain will override your physical ability to run, let's say in a race or to exercise, and your brain will shut down your body before you're able to do serious or permanent damage to yourself. And the reason it does that is because if you are anticipating running a race and giving a burst at the end and getting over the finish line, but you haven't been doing that in training, then your brain is expecting you to run that race and to kind of slow down at the end. 
So when you try and do something different, when you try and speed up, when you anticipate the finish, your brain sees that as a threat. So it shuts down your physical body. And so I would like to explain a bit more about how this process works in the context of running. And you'll really get a sense of how it also works and applies in the context of our regular life and particularly with what's happening now with the lockdown. So let's talk about the central governor theory in running. I referenced a website called runnersconnect.net because they just describe central governor theory really well around marathon races, and I'm going to quote them directly here. They say, at around mile eight of a marathon, the race pace becomes difficult and the thought of running further seems impossible, even for just a minute. Yet within a few hundred metres of the finish line, you're somehow able to summon a kick that finds you running minutes per mile faster than your goal pace. Interesting, huh? And then once your brain realises that it won't die if you pick up the pace, then your biological pathways open up so that you can run faster. That's not to say that the physical demands of a race aren't real. Rather, the central governor theory posits that, a racing, that racing is a balance between three things, physical preparation and biological systems, secondly, emotional components like motivation and pain tolerance, and thirdly, self-preservation. They say that the exact combination of these factors is what leads to how hard you're able to push during a race. And so even though we're not in a race, we are kind of in a marathon. We're at home waiting for the end to come. We're following a journey, following a course toward that finish line, but we don't know exactly when the finish line will arrive or what it will look like. I love the way that runnersnet, oh, sorry, runnersconnect.net breaks down that central governor theory into those three elements because all of them are really applicable right now. If you think about it, if you compare that with the central governor theory, the way our brains are operating in isolation right now, there are so many parallels in that third stage. It ties in with that eight-mile mark of the marathon where we wonder if we can keep going the way we're going and what's going to give, and then we push on. Here are some of the parallels that I see. Firstly, in the context of physical preparation, we knew that isolation was coming, so we went through some of that preparation physically and mentally. Now we're in that second part where we're dealing with those emotional components dealing with the lack of motivation to keep going or the frustration and perhaps some pain tolerance. We're trying to get a, a handle on things as we anticipate the end, but that end seems so far away and it's uncertain. We're struggling to judge how far there is to go in this race. And so we may be feeling stuck, flat, in pain, or unable to cope for just another minute. So that's such a great analogy for that eight-mile point in the marathon that they talked about in Runners Connect. And on that third element of self-preservation, we definitely have that. We want to protect ourselves from harm, and we also want to find a way to avoid disappointment. That's another form of harm that our brain is tricked into thinking about. 
We're trying to temper our enthusiasm for the end and our frustration at not knowing when that will come as we await information about the lifting of restrictions. So I think that there's a lot in common with this whole marathon analogy and the way our brains are working. But what I know is this. When we have a date around when the restrictions will be lifted and exactly what that entails, we're going to feel safer and confident about moving forward enthusiastically to that finish line. So I think the question here for us all is not so much when is this all going to end, but because that really keeps us lost and stuck and a bit catatonic. The question really is, how can we move through this current period of pain and uncertainty and just keep running the race? That's the question. The end is going to come at some point. All we need to do is keep running. And so with that in mind, I'd like to talk to you about how you can start tricking your brain. (laughs) I'm going to be doing this, don't you worry. (laughs) It's really clear to me that the central governor theory applies as much to where we are right now to the isolation context as it does to running. And so maybe if that's true, we could also find some solutions from the world of marathon running. What do you think? Do you want to give it a go? Well, let's talk about what the solutions might be. But let's start by saying what are the problems that runners face? Well, on race day, they're trying to push themselves beyond their comfort zone, but their mind is telling them they can't go any faster and it shuts their bodies down. And so they have techniques that they apply and that we can also apply to our brains in the context of isolation to beat that limitation, to beat the central governor theory. The first technique is around workouts. So in the running world, regular workouts don't train you to give your all at the end of a session and they don't train you to go off all of the plans and schedules that you had nicely laid out, which is now which have now been turned on their heads. But in the running sense, what they do is they integrate bursts of energy that push through barriers and they change the training up. They do unpredictable things in the workout to get the brain used to going off the plan. And in an isolation context, we can do the same thing. We can persist with our daily lives without holding back. We can stop waiting for when the isolation is over and continue to do what we can, when we can, without falling into fear. So our version of the workout is just to continue business as normal, life as normal, albeit slightly different, but just to persist and not expect that we need to go back to our regular routine right now. So just creating that mental expectation is our own workout, or if you like, you could call it a work-in. <laughs> that leads to the second step, which is mental training. In the racing world, they say that no matter how well-rested and prepared the body is, racing hurts. So you need to prepare for that mentally so your brain doesn't override your physical abilities at the end. And once again, in an isolation context, we can do the same thing. Be prepared for it to get hard. Be prepared for it to be challenging at times. But remember that we are actually wired to deal with uncertainty. Our brains and bodies are wired to push through challenges and succeed. 
That's what our fight and flight mechanism is all about. So some of the mental training that you can do in, in context of the central governor theory is to recall a time when you have felt stuck or restricted and remember what it was like to push through. Visualise yourself pushing through that moment and visualise how it felt to get to the other side. This is going to help you to deal with difficult times that come up in the months ahead. If you can just go through that visualisation process of where you've succeeded in the past, what it was like mentally, how it felt in your body and what other senses might have been used, what other strengths might have been used, how did you get through it, what was it like. Really get into that experiential state and it will gonna, it's going to help you to move forward. The third part is pacing. And in the racing world, there's a focus on improving your sense of pace because pacing is one of the ways that your brain self-regulates the central governor. In other words, your brain anticipates the known variables of a race and it calculates an optimal pace to get you finished without dying. And if the path deviates from what you are anticipating, that is if you try to go faster on the race day or if something else changes, then your brain will react by forcing you to slow down. So in an isolation context, pacing yourself works in much the same way. And in this case, the challenge for us is that we can't anticipate the end so easily because we don't have the information about what it will be like and when it will occur. But what you can anticipate is, what, based on what you know right now, is how the end might be. It may help you to think about smaller, more immediate periods of time, such as anticipating how you're going to operate next week. And that will give your brain something concrete to latch onto and be certain about. So even if you can't look months ahead, and predict when this is going to end and how you can get back to your so-called normal life, you can definitely know what's ahead by the end of next week, or pretty certainly, and you can pace yourself by working in those smaller chunks of time. In fact, I've had many conversations with people recently on weight loss journeys and dealing with isolation, and they've all said that just thinking about that one day at a time approach and mentally preparing for that has helped them to keep going and to move forward. So let's wrap up what we've covered today. The central governor theory was first proposed by Dr. Tim Noakes in 1997, and it describes how our brain tries to protect our body when things don't go as well as we anticipate that they will. In the context of social isolation, at the moment, our brains are doing much the same thing. What we can learn from marathon runners is that it's possible to outwit your brain and to override the central governor theory so that you can stay strong until the finish and even have a burst of energy as the finish line approaches. I hope this has been useful for you and you can think of ways to apply those three steps, the mental workout, the mental training and the pacing. If you need help to manage your emotions right now or to get clear on how to keep going, to get unstuck, 
hit my contact page, melaniejwhite.com forward slash contact. Let me know and we'll have a chat or just email me if you would like some resources that might help you. Thanks for listening today and I look forward to seeing you next time. Have a fantastic week and bye for now.